maybe it's just me, but I can kind of tell by listening to a Just Alex Solo Monster, and to an extent JD had to say when they were, you know, giving the thoughts on the Bob Wire Everywhere death match that took place last night on Dynamite between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Now even though the match definitely lived up to its name, with everything pretty much covered in barbed wire, to me it almost felt like, well, it almost felt like it was a letdown. Like yes, some people will say it was entertaining. No doubt about it. People will say it was entertaining. You know, some would say it was violent. You know, as heck. Some would even say it's one of the more violent matches they've seen in a while. But if, there's, but if there is one common denominator, is the fact that everybody felt that despite all that, it was insanely overbooked. I mean, not only was it insanely overbooked in their eyes, but it was also very predictable as to what the outcome was going to be, potentially. I mean, the fact that you showcase Ruby Soho being the one with the key and the controller for the, the shark cage in which the JAS, you know, the Jericho Appreciation Society, is going to be locked in at ringside. And everybody pointed out, Solomonster, Alex, JD, anybody else that's talked about it. Heck, even Jim Cornette is going to bring this up, believe it or not. Even Brian Zane will probably bring it up. That the moment you saw that, you pretty much knew that something was going to happen, and it did. Because when you look at the JAS being in the cage, it was missing one or two members. One, of course, is Sammy Guevara, who we'd see later on. The other, though, was Ty Conte. Why would you keep Ty Conte out, knowing what she can do? So you pretty much knew something was going to happen there. You pretty much knew something was going to happen there. And despite the fact that, you know, you got, you know, the blood and everything almost right off the bat, you know, but even, as the, even before, around the time the bell rang, you know, even though you got the blood, you got the usage of the barbed wire and all that, to me, it felt like something was a little off. Now, I don't know if maybe it was the audience, maybe, because they were in the suburb of Atlanta, Duluth, Georgia. And everybody knows that Duluth, Georgia is, even to this day, NWA, WCW country. Even if that company is long gone, it is still, it is still you know, supportive of the promotion that helped put them on the map, you know, as a as a region, as a territory. 
So I don't know if maybe it was, you know, them and they just weren't used to the match that they were seeing. I don't know. But you knew something was up. You knew something was was potentially going to happen. You know, because again, it just felt, it felt that even though, like I said, they were using the barbed wire, you know, as you would expect, you know, on each other, it just, it felt like you knew something was off. But not only did it feel like you knew something was off, but you also knew something was coming. Something that was going to Shanghai this event, this match, this mate, this blow off if you will and lo and behold it did you know Ty Conte comes down attacks Ruby Ruby fights back Anna Jay comes down Anna Jay then turns heel and sides with Ty and all the stuns like it's kind of and I'll say this I'll say this about it it reminds me sort of of what I get. It sort of reminds me of what, what Tiff. I think it was Tiffany. It kind of reminds me of what you know. How not what, but how almost instantly uh, Taryn Tyrell turned heel uh, when the Dollhouse debuted. It's like as soon as Jade. Mia Yim and Marty Bell interfered on her behalf and she and helped her defeat Awesome Kong all of a sudden it's like the way she just instantly snapped right over to her heel it was kind of reminiscing of that not not to that extent you know not to that extent but it was close to it because of the way Anna Jay acted after she attacked Ruby. She was like, oh, too bad. And then the way they were high-fiving each other, the way, you know, when Anna Jay held the, the controller and she just looked over at the JS and goes, hey, hey, hey. You know, it, it almost feels like, you know, they're going to be, it almost feels like what they're going to do with Anna and Ty. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to think Tony Khan or Kenny Omega or the booking team behind AEW would do this. It almost feels like they're going to turn them into a team of dumb blondes. You know that that's what it feels like. You know that that that's what it feels like. They're going to turn them into a team of dumb blondes. Like I said, you know, you know, it lived up to the hype, but, you know, what it is to get back on track here is, and I was just looking this up while I paused it because my mom had to go take a shower and, you know, she was talking to me, so I had to give, you know, to you know, my attention there. Um, anyway. Anyway, um... Like I said, you know, it, it, even though it's not on that level, if you will, it, it almost feels like, and again, I'm hoping Tony Khan and Kenny Omega and those in charge of booking 
especially the women's division. I hope they're not planning to do this with, with Ty and Anna, but it's like the way they had them act just briefly, it, it you know, tonight when they attacked Ruby, it's like, you know, it's almost like they're going to position them to be like the val the valley girls of the JAS, the dumb blondes, if you will. The, I guess, I'll just put it this way, their own interpretation of a, like a lay cool or a dollhouse, if you will. Because, you know, they they know that if you have women acting like divas, in a wrestling in what in a company that people perceive as a true pro wrestling company, you know it's gonna yeah it'll generate some mass, massive heat on them. But but still, I'm hoping I'm hoping they don't go that route of okay, you know we'll make them the Valley Girls and everything, and also make them the Dumbons. I hope they don't do that. I hope they don't. But the way they had them act, uh, you know, I I don't know. It's it's just. I think it's, I think it was, to me, it was the wrong move. I think what JD and Jesse said on their review on Off the Script last night, I think it's, I think it's factual. I think they should have had Anna Jay feud with Ty first, and then after you have Ty beat Anna Jay, then you have Anna Jay join the side. Like, you know, she can't beat Ty on her own, even with help. And then you have Anna Jay realize, well, if I can't beat Ty and get win, win her back to my side, then I'll join her side. You shouldn't have just had this be something to where Ty confronts her the week before and say, hey, if you make if you made certain changes, you might get more time. You know, it's like you should have done more, and you know they didn't. And I think they ran, and I think I along with a lot of folks, feel that they probably ran to this, you know, too soon. And I, and, I, and I know people might say, well, maybe there's more to it. Maybe Anna Jay's setting up Ty Conte. Maybe she's, maybe she's in cahoots with Ruby and thus setting Ty up to, to trap her. And, and maybe that's true. We don't know. But we'll, we'll just have to see what occurs. We'll have to see what happens. But... You know, if there's one thing people will say about this overall main event is, you know, some like Solomonster would say that they made the right decision because obviously we know the direction they're heading in with Jericho, right? You know, a potential matchup with Moxley if Punk can't be back in time for All Out. And that might be the case, but... But then again, you know... But then again, it's like you. How do I put this? You, you you basically you have the JAS get out of their cage. You have the BCC come out and confront them, fight them back to the back. You have Sammy come in and interfere. And what they did afterwards, and I and I think this is why, you know, I I think this is why the match fell off for a lot of people. Kind of felt, you know, blah to a lot of people. A myth. And, and that's the fact that Kingston makes this big comeback 
after he loses, throws Jericho into the uh, bed or the crate of barbed wire, the spider web, if you will, you know, a lot of people view that and they're like, well, why couldn't they just have him do that towards the end? Instead of, you know, Sammy reversing him, you know, or instead of, uh, yeah, instead of Sammy reversing the Irish strip, you know, of him and putting Eddie into the Judas effect with the barbed wire on Jericho's elbow, why couldn't they just, you know, have the reverse happen? Or not the reverse, but the, yeah, the, the reverse, okay, what I'm trying to say is, Guevara was going to Irish strip Eddie first, Eddie reversed it, then Guevara reversed it again. Why couldn't you just have the reverse Eddie did be what, you know, uh, causes uh, Guevara to run into the barbed wire, and then that allows, you know, Eddie to get the win, find a way to roll up Jericho, maybe hit him with his back fist and get the win, one, two, three. Why couldn't they, you know, people were looking at me like, why couldn't you do that instead of, you know, save Eddie's getting the last laugh, be the last person standing deal towards the end. Again, it just it just felt like it was a little off and it just felt like, you know, something was missing. And that the only way they can the only way they can make up all of that is to overbook it. You know you know, the way they did. And still, that just doesn't make sense. You know, because now a lot of people are looking at the fact that, okay, wait a minute. Jericho won a match. Eddie won a match. You know, Eddie won Blood and Guts. Jericho won this. The two and two. You know, you got to have a blow-off. And that's what a lot of people are feeling we're heading towards. But I think what we're heading towards, if anything, because his thing, if Tony Khan is about the people... If he is about, you know, this company to be about the fans, then he's going to have to rectify this. And I think what he needs to do by rectifying this, excuse me, is he needs, if he needs to do this, he needs to make a triple threat match, a three-way dance, a three-way hardcore dance, in my opinion, excuse me, at All Out between Moxley, Jericho, and Kingston for the interim championship if Punk can't be back in time. That's what he needs to do. If Punk is not medically cleared to get back in the ring by All Out, which a lot of folks like Solomonster are feeling he might be, if not, though, I think the best solution is a three-way dance. You know, no disqualification and all that, with Moxley defending against Jericho and Kingston and the winner of that can go to the next big event, the next Battle of the Belts, the next Arthur Ashe Stadium event, whatever you want to call it, to um, face Punk in a unification. Or either you hold it off until full gear. But honestly... I feel that's the I feel like that's the best direction to go in for them. I really do. Because again, a lot of people look at this entire night of dynamite last night and they kinda have the reaction of, you know, hey, this this uh match this opening match was good, this segment was good, everything else 
You know, to them, it wasn't their best dynamite. And, again, I don't know if maybe it's because of the fact that, you know, they were in Duluth, Georgia, you know, home of the NWA, home of WCW, still loyal to them to, to a T. I don't know if it was because of that. I don't know if maybe it's because they didn't have a sellout. I don't know. But... But the fact of the matter is this. The fact is this. You know, the AEW, they are still a very young company. And they have a lot to learn. They're putting all, the, his thing, they're doing all these themed events. Like next week they're doing Fight for the Fallen, right? They're doing Fight for the Fallen next week. Maybe the next two weeks, who knows. But they're doing Fight for the Fallen. They they need to learn that even when you put on these, I, I guess you could say these super shows, you know, for free on TBS, along with the Battle of the Belts quarterly shows on TNT, that you need to really emphasize, you know, how super, how big, how important this event is, this night is, you know, this edition of Dynamite is, this special, this quarterly special of AEW is. You got to emphasize that. And when you drag your feet in slogs, well, not slog, but sloth, right into the main, into a main event that people are looking forward to, even if it's themed alongside your parent companies. You know, well, I wouldn't say parent company, but your parent television, your television parent company's uh, theme week, a theme for that week, you know, it's not a good look for you. And not just that, it's not just that, but the timing. One thing that everybody did agree on was the pacing, the time pacing. It felt like the timing was off. It felt like the pacing of the time was off. And if that's the case, they need to work better on that. They really do. I mean, when you're going to have a show on the East Coast, whether it's Northeast, Straight Up East, Southeast, whatever, you know, if you're going to have a show in the Eastern Time Zone, then don't start it at 8 o'clock, okay? Don't start it at 8 o'clock in the evening. You know, it's your prime show. No. Don't do that. What you do... What you do... Is you start it at 7. You want to get your dark elevation matches out of the way? Start those at 6. You want to get your... Ra rampage match? Start that at 6.30 or whatever. The, the point... Oh, as a matter of fact... Start it at 5. Okay? Or 5.30 at least. You know, you want to do your elevation matches and all that, you know, start at 5 o'clock, which would be like, what, 4, 3, 2 here on the West Coast, 2 o'clock Pacific Time, 5 on the East, if you're going to do Eastern shows, do, start at 5 o'clock, start at 5 o'clock, then you do an hour's worth 
of what is it of dark elevation you do your hours worth of rampage at 6 Eastern and then you do your dynamite at 7 and there you go easy peasy easy peasy or you do your elevation at at 5 you do you know rampage I mean rampage with dynamite at 6 and then at 8 o'clock you do rampage there you go there you go you know that way you know by by timing it correctly or by starting around those time frames you know what you're not so pressured for time because when you're starting at 8 o'clock in the evening and yeah I know it's the summer but when you start at 8 o'clock in the evening on the east coast you know 5 here on the west and you don't get done to at least 11 overall you know people are going to be tired people are going to be tired and, and here's the thing too how is you know how is the time restraint how is that so hard to to work around? How is the time restraint so hard? You know, hasn't TBS, the Turner Network, said, "Hey, we'll let you ride this for as long as you can," just like they did with Blood and Guts a couple of weeks ago? I'm just saying because that doesn't seem to make any sense to me. That suddenly you have to be, you know, pushed for time. I don't get it. I don't get it, and I know that's going to be something. And fans are going to want them to fix and address quickly and improve on. Because when you're rushing for time, even with your main event, and you want to get all the, sh excuse my language, excuse my language, Lord here, but you want to get all your shit in, you know, in the match and afterwards, you know, that doesn't help a lot of people, and it still makes it makes you look, and I hate to say this, very amateurish. Again, I know they are still young, like I said, and they got a lot to learn. But hopefully the next time they do something like this, a barbed wire everywhere match, or some kind of hardcore match of any kind, that the next time they do this, they pace it outright, and they don't overbook it. And, if you want my honest truth, Tony Khan, if you're listening, you want my honest truth, don't book a match like this in a place like Duluth, Georgia, the Atlanta, Georgia region. Nothing against them. They're a great wrestling town, a great wrestling territory. But those people, those fans there are still loyal to NWA, WCW. And they always will be. Even if the company is out of business, they will still be loyal to that. The NWA still makes their home in Georgia under Bill Corgan's ownership. So they still make you know, the home there. And so when you're coming onto their territory, yeah, you'll get a decent crowd, but you won't get a sellout. You know, the way you're... <coughs> Sorry about that. But the way you're hoping, you're not going to get that sellout, or you're going to get the reaction you want. Because those fans, they're not invested in, AW, in AEW. They're invested in their own property, in their own companies. So if, I were you, if I'm you, Tony Khan... The next time I want to book a match like this, I save it for Philadelphia.
I save it for the hardcorest of wrestling cities. Philadelphia, Chicago, L.A., Texas. I save it for one of those areas. Not for an area that's mostly known for, you know, support, you know, past and present and future of the NWA and WCW. And I think that's what hurt hurt the crowd. And I think it, that's what hurt it a lot. Again, the match lived up to what it said it it, it was going to be about. But still, I think what brought it down was pretty much the predictability of you know something was going to happen. You in thus seeing that you kind of knew things might get overbooked, and it was. It's just a lot of you kind of knew what was going. You kind of had a clue. That even though it was going to be an entertaining match in the eyes of some, it was not going to be living up. And, you know, from a barbed wire usage standpoint, it lived up to its hype. But that it wasn't in the long run going to live up to the expectations you were hoping for. And the crowd, unfortunately, didn't help it. So, hopefully they learn from this. And the next time he wants to do a barbed wire everywhere like match, save it for the hardcore of cities, in my opinion. But yeah, they still have a lot to learn. Let me know what your guys' thoughts are down below. Comment if you like. Live chat during the premiere. Like the video. And until then, guys, I will talk to you all later.